Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, my wonderful coworker, Kirsten Hastings. She is here today to share her tips on health coaching and making small changes in our lives and why that is so important. Hi, Heather. I'm so happy to be sharing some time with all of you today. It's wonderful to be chatting with you, even if we're remote. Yeah, yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, just so they can get to know you. Oh, okay. Happy to do so. Um, I've been a nurse for about 30 years. I've been uh, involved in all forms of health coaching and condition management support. I just really enjoy working with people, helping them achieve their health goals. And the Karen Yon Center at Advocate Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center is just a wonderful place. I enjoy working there and helping people explore healthy living learning about how everyday small changes really can have a big impact on our overall health for the long term. Okay, so you just said something right there. So tell me more about what you mean when you say small changes can have a big difference. I think a common thought out there is that big changes lead to big differences in health or that we need to change so many habits all at the same time. But you're saying it's the small changes that are important. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting that you bring that up. And I've done a lot of research on this over time. Um, and most of the research really points to uh, four strategies that really focus on preventing heart health, or I'm sorry, maintaining heart health. Um, and when we think mm-hmm. about preventing heart disease. So those four strategies are just maintaining a healthy weight, uh, eating lots of vegetables, and really focusing on a plant-based type of a diet, um, getting regular activity, and then um, not smoking. Uh, so curiously, these studies that I've looked at have showed us that if someone is able to follow all four of those strategies, uh, for women, it can reduce their chance of developing heart disease by up to 81%, and for men, uh, wow. up to 69%. So really, um, really focusing on just uh, prevention and realizing that it's actually in our control. So many times I hear people tell me there's really, they feel that there's nothing that they can do about it, but these studies are showing us that. So um, I have shared that with lots of people, and and depending on where you are in, in your situation, sometimes telling someone that there's just four changes they can make um, might sound like a lot. Um, so I want to share, too, that the research also shows us that if we just take on one of those actual strategies, it can reduce the chance of developing heart disease by up to 47% again in women and 31% in men. So I think, again, thinking about those small changes and maybe picking just one of those strategies to focus on, it's a good place to start. Yeah, that's good to know that adopting even one of those strategies can have a big impact in reducing risk for heart disease. Tell me more about the tiny steps concept. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, um, I think we've all heard that statement, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And that's what I really like to think about on our journey to being healthy. Um, So many times I hear people um, struggling and when I hear what they're trying to do, they just really are trying to take on way too much all at one time. And then I probe into that a little bit further and I ask them why they're trying to make changes 
And lots of times I think people are trying to change for the wrong reasons. Uh, sometimes it might be um, just uh, an upcoming event or maybe uh, just things that don't really motivate them internally. Um, I think the most classic one might be our New Year's resolutions. Um, sometimes mm. I hear people say like, oh, I think I'm just going to lose 20 pounds this year or for sure I'm going to exercise every single day. Um, starting this year, I'm only going to eat very, very healthy foods. Um, and so those are kind of some of the big things that I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I hear those exact three New Year's resolutions every January from my clients and people who walk into the Karen Yan Center. That's very common to do that. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, those are great ideas, um, but I think that they're just too big for us to be able to manage. Um, sometimes we say those goals, but we don't necessarily think through what would be needed to accomplish such a thing. So maybe we don't have enough plans involved. Um, and those plans are really the small goals that I'm talking about. So a series of very small goals will lead to the success in achieving that much larger goal. And so then what I kind of hear happening, and especially around um, maybe end of January, early February, people are telling me, oh, yeah, I had that goal to lose, for example, those 20 pounds, but they fail. Um, and so then what happens, um, people kind of think about, oh, I've tried to lose weight so many times before, and this is just another example of that. They resign themselves to the fact that maybe they really aren't capable of making those changes. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and so I think um, making the small changes is a more effective way to go. Yeah. As a dietitian, I've seen that very thing so many times as well. What do you think makes the difference when people are able to make changes that really last? Well, again, and you'll hear me uh, kind of share this before, I usually go back to the research and the science. And there's been so much done about behavior change and how do we how do we make that effective? And it really, um, everything kind of does point to setting very small and specific um, achievable goals. Uh, when people set those larger goals, as we spoke about before, they um, actually have shown that it triggers a stress response in our brains. I know that sounds a little bit um, kind of like a wild idea, but um, our brain kind of panics when we say we're going to do something big like exercise every day for a year or lose 20 pounds or quit smoking cold turkey. All those things kind of create a panic in our brains. The benefit of the small goals is when they've studied that, it actually does not create that stress response. And so it kind of slides under the brain's radar of panic. Okay. Okay. So a small goal doesn't create a stress response, but a larger goal does. What what kind of stress response? What does that really mean? What's happening? Well, when when we think of those big goals, um, the the brain says, um, oh, you know, this sounds really nerve wracking. This sounds like a lot of work. This sounds like something I've tried to do before and and haven't been successful at. So it causes us to panic a little bit. Um, so the, the brain actually loves to be successful. And if you think about your own life, uh, you think about things that you've been successful at things that you're good at, you like doing them. And so you do more of them. Uh, so what we want to do is we want to create that environment where we are successful. We're feeling good about what we're doing. And then the brain craves more of that. So we like to be successful. 
Conversely, we don't like to be mm-hmm. uh, unsuccessful or fail at our goals. So we want to set ourselves up in that situation where we are continuing to be in that positive state of success. Hmm. Okay. I don't think, uh, you know, most people think about stress in that way, at least with regards to the brain, but that makes a lot of sense. And it, you know, it really underscores that a lot of behavior change is psychological and we need to learn how to not sabotage ourselves. Yeah, that's so true. Um, And if you think about any time you may have set a goal or our listeners have set a goal, if you think about what happens, you start out really, really motivated and you know, you're, you're gung ho, you have a lot of willpower, you have a lot of motivation. um, And that lasts for a little bit of time. And then depending on how things are going, or what goal you set, you may not be achieving it just right away. And so our natural tendency is to say, Oh, I'm not getting what I want. And I'm a little bit impatient, because I really want to see those results. Um, And so we tend to kind of accelerate those goals, thinking, that will be the way to to achieve what we're looking for. Unfortunately, that acceleration sometimes takes us into some drastic places, and then we set really large goals that are almost unattainable if you think about them. What we're really doing when we do that is just increasing our chance of failing. And so I think that's something to really think about and think about if, if you have ever experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. So can we set more than one goal at a time, you know, or is it better just to, you know, do those small, simple goals and just work on that one at a time? You know, that's a great question because so many times when I'm working with clients and I talk about setting that small goal and the small goal could be as simple as just adding additional water into our diet, things like that. And they say, really, that's going to get me where I want to go. Um, So you can have more than one small goal. But what we don't want to do is accelerate things too fast or set too many very large goals. So um, think about uh, very small and simple goals. Uh, This is what's going to make you feel successful. And the more you're successful, the more you're going to want to get to be more successful. And you will propel yourself forward. By setting a small achievable goal, and I'll give an example um, of one, uh, maybe say you're going to do just one push-up a day, or you're going to walk up and down the driveway once a day. That sounds really small, and people will tell me, I'm not going to get where I want to go doing that. I've got to be much more uh, dramatic. But it's not really true, because if you think about if you started to do one push-up a day or walk up the driveway once a day, um, most likely most people are going to actually do more than that. And you're going to feel really good about yourself that you've overachieved your, your small goal. And, and you'll find that that happens um, if you try this technique. Okay. What about documenting progress of goals? I've heard that can really help with long-term success. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, And some of these ideas probably aren't going to be anything earth shattering, but the use of a calendar is really, really helpful. And when I talk about a calendar, um, what I'm hoping people will um, be willing to consider is, is going back to the paper calendar. A lot of us are electronic. We're using our smartphones or our laptops, and we all have our calendars in there. Um, and that's fine if that's really what your love is. But having the visual of, a, of an actual paper copy and having it posted somewhere where you can actually see your progress um, is a great cue. 
There might be other types of charts that you want to use. Um, and again, putting those out so they're a visual cue and not just uh, contained in our electronic devices has been shown to be a little bit more powerful. Another yeah. great way of, of reinforcing your progress externally is um, finding a buddy or a support person who can be kind of a, a encourager and somebody who'll check in on you. So that other person who just keeps you accountable, um, asks you about how you're doing with your goals, gives you a chance to share, you know, what's going well. And again, that's all reinforcing your success in your brain when you say it out loud to another person. So those are really, really important for documenting the progress on your goal. Okay. So Kirsten, to summarize, it sounds like there are four main things to really kind of focus on when it comes to making changes. Yeah. Um, just to just to summarize those, as you said, I think number one, set a very small goal. Um, I think it should be something that in your head is easier for you to do it than not to do it. So uh, again, this sounds like a very simple approach, and I hope people will just maybe give it a try, but that would be the first step. Uh, second, you would want to make sure that you are going to meet that goal every day. And that's one of the benefits of making that goal super easy because it's, again, easier to do it than not to do it. And so it's going to give you a small chance for success. But doing it every day will also imprint um, that this is starting to form to be a habit. The third thing to do would be, um, as we spoke about before, don't be tempted to increase that goal. Don't accelerate it too fast. That being said, keep the goal the same. And if you want to do more on that goal um, or if it, it propels you into doing other healthy things, that's awesome. And that's naturally what's probably going to happen. And then the last thing would be to, uh, again, document that achievement of your goal. You're going to have a success streak and you're not going to want to break that. So that can be a very, very powerful tool. What if people want to read more about this topic? Are there any books that you would recommend? Yeah, there's two books in particular that I found really, really helpful. They're very similar in their content, so it was great to reinforce the ideas. Uh, the first book is called One Small Step Can Change Your Life, and that's by Robert Maurer. And the other one is called Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results. And that one is written by Stephen Guys. Um, I highly recommend them. They're relatively simple and short to read, but um, they just reinforce these concepts and they really give you the sense and the logic of, of following these small goals. Okay, great. Have you used these principles in your own life? And if so, can you share with our listeners how you have put them into practice? Oh, yes. That's a great question. Uh, I actually use these principles all the time, um, and I'm really happy to share that it truly is a much easier way to make changes. So uh, one thing that kind of comes to mind is just um, I started adding more vegetables to my daily eating habits. Um, and so this goal is great because it's kind of small, um, but it has a very big impact. So I get to eat actually more food, so I don't feel any deprivation. Um, it's pretty easy to do. And um, the benefits of it are, of course, I'm getting more nutrition. Um, vegetables really don't have a lot of calories generally. So I'm not adding any mm -hmm. extra calories that I don't want. I'm getting extra fiber. So it helps keep me full longer and helps me avoid um, some of the other things that maybe I might think about eating if I was hungry. So again, this is just an example of one small thing that I'm doing that is really having a much larger effect. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing all of your great tips today, Kirsten. We'll look forward to chatting with you next week about how to put all of this information on making small changes into practice. Well, that's it for today, everyone. Thank you for listening. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.